It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. Hey, we've got a great one for you. Guys Guys Radio, the place where, where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. We've got a two-four on Guys Guys Radio. We've got two special guests. Uh, the first is a woman by the name of Alexis Brink. She is a practitioner in the art of jinshin. It's a holistic healing art where you use the fingertips, and the fingertips are kind of deployed like jumper cables, and they help uh, the energy flow through the meridians of your body more easily. It's kind of like Reiki, but a little bit different, and uh, very easy to very easy to do for yourself and to learn it very quickly. And she's got a book called The Art of Jinshin. It's really cool. Got a lot of great photos in it, and uh, it's it's as I mentioned, it's a pretty simple practice, and you can get a lot of. Uh, relaxation, relief out of that, and actually helps your energy uh, flow in your body. So she's going to be our first guest. And then we have James L. Creighton, Ph.D., and he wrote a book called Loving Through Your Differences. And uh, according to him, it was kind of uh, inspired by him uh, and his wife kind of getting at it with each other, arguing about things. And he had the epiphany that, you know what, a lot of times we see things from uh, different perspectives. Uh, so everybody does not uh, experience the same thing the same way. We, you know, we live in our heads, and uh, so he has a whole book written about uh, ways to communicate with your partner in a way that's not threatening, in a way that helps um, with empathy and helps create better partnerships. So very excited about that. I'm still in New York City, folks, um, waiting to move out to Southern California. I've mentioned it repeatedly on the show. We've got our places up for sale. It takes a while. It's a crazy real estate market. Um, it's hot here in New York. It's much hotter here than in Southern California. It's like in the 90s. We're in the dead of summer. And um, got to get some things, some things going. So fortunately, we're starting to make some progress. Uh, selling and moving and buying and all of that stuff. Extremely stressful, as you know. And I've got a little place down the Jersey Shore and a place in New York City. And uh they each comes with its own uh, bucket of uh, issues to deal with. And uh, between my wife and I and my son, we're, we're, we're juggling a lot of different things, as you can imagine. My son's six. He's like, where am I going to school? What? Tell me about California. He's, he's a little bit confused, even though uh, he's not all gaga over New York City. He finds it very loud. He's kind of a chill kid. And uh, we understand that, and I think we're gonna, he's going to love Southern California. We've been there many times, and he's really liked it. My wife, she's like, you know what? I'm done with New York. Time to go. She's got family out in Southern California. For me, hey, I've got a nice place in the city. I've got a place right at the beach down the Jersey Shore that I got. I was lucky enough to get a long, long time ago. So, And I can do my work pretty much from anywhere. But um, I said, you know what? Happy family, happy me. So let's go. Let's do it. So we're picking up everything, and uh, I have the burden of having so much stuff to get rid of, whether to donate it, give it to friends, sell it, whatever, and then just start the whole transition. And um, i got to tell you, it's been taking a long time, and it's created a level of stress that you wouldn't believe. But it's a nice problem because I know I've got a fresh new beginning coming out uh, for me in Southern California. I think we're going to have a great time. We love the San Diego area. The weather, the people are really nice. And, um, and you know, people are people. You're going to get nice and lousy people everywhere. But uh, it's a little less virtuosic than in New York where you have so everybody's really on a mission here, stomping around the streets all the time. And um, it's great. I've done everything here. And I haven't gotten to that uh, point where I was like, 
oh, I'm really leaving. But it's going to happen very shortly. And uh, I'll do some writing about that and talk to you guys about it on the show. But uh, it will be bittersweet. But, you know, it's time to move on. Because uh, I believe, as much as I love New York City, I think it's got some real issues with the infrastructure. And um, there's just so many people and they just keep building. And underneath the ground, nobody wants to deal with things like infrastructure and fixing the pipes and fixing the bridges and building a new tunnel and stuff like that because it's not sexy and none of the politicians thinks they're going to get reelected based on things like that. It's not showy enough. It's just fixing things, but it's got to be done, and um, I don't think they're keeping up with it. I I always use the mass transit here as a barometer, and over the years it's gotten more crowded. I think the service has gone down, and, uh, you know, the the subway system, it's not clean. A lot of the elevators don't work for senior citizens and people who have strollers or canes or wheelchairs and babies and stuff like that. It's, it's tough. It's tough, and there's a lot of pressure down there. There's a lot of different types of people trying to deal. So anyhow, that's my story right now. But in the meantime, we've got a great Guys Guys radio show. Our first guest is Alex Brink. She's written a book called The Art of Jinshin, and we're going to go through how the process works, how you can do uh, some of uh, these moves on yourself and create some relaxation and relief and also have your energy flow. And then we're going to move on to James L. Creighton. And we're going to talk about loving through your differences and how you can relate better to your partner with more empathy and love and make things work. So Guys Guys Radio, so glad you're here. And we're going to be bringing on our guest. As I mentioned, we have a very interesting guest with a with a uh, practice, a modality, healing modality called Jinshin. I, as I had mentioned to my guest, I'm a Reiki master uh, teacher as well as an advanced clinical master hypnotist, but I'd never heard of this. I had so much fun going through the book. Um, there's lots of great photos in there. It's a beautiful book, and it's got um, really teaches you how to uh, heal using your fingertips. So our special guest is uh, a woman by the name of Alex this Brink. Um, she's president of the Jinshin Institute in New York City. She's been practicing the art of Jinshin since 1991. She's also a licensed massage therapist and interface minister, and she's taught self-help classes and workshops in the city as well as in different countries for years. And she's taught Jinshin in uh, hospitals to nurses and teachers and their students in the bub- public school system. And it's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of like Reiki, where now it's getting out into the hospitals and the nurses are learning that. And it's a, you know, it's a hands-on healing technique that also uses chi uh, and energy and is also from, uh, originally from uh, Japan, I think by way of India, though, for, for Reiki. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Alexis Brink. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here well, and introduce you to this art. You know, it's, uh, we're all going to learn together, and that's what we do on Guys Guys Radio. I try to do my very best to bring information to our listeners and uh, things that they can do on their own and uh, uh, wellness practices and healing practices. And you know, we really have to be the stewards of our own health nowadays. You know, you go into the doctors, and the Western doctors are great and everything, and usually you have something wrong that needs to be fixed. And at that point, You've got to get some work done. It's like with your car. You hear a noise, you bring it in, and then they decide what they're going to do with it. Maybe you have to replace the alternator or the fan belt or the, you know, the calipers on the brakes and the rotors and all of that. But most, for the most part, we have to take care of our car. And in this case, our bodies 
and our spiritual bodies and our etheric bodies and our chakras and all of that, we have to take care of ourselves. And any good Western doctor will say, that's right. And uh, then when you have some type of disease or whatever that you need Western medicine, you go in there and you get it and it's good. But we have to help ourselves. So let's start with uh, right at the beginning, Alexis, uh, what is the art of Jin Shin and how did it come to you? The art of Jin Shin is a form of energy medicine. It comes from Japan, and it's similar to acupuncture, but instead of needles, we use our hands. And that's why it's so easy to apply to yourself. And when you get a session from a practitioner, it feels really wonderful. Uh, It's just a wonderful, deeply relaxing treatment. Um, how did it, how did it come to you uh, specifically, and then what what was the uh, catalyst that made it kind of like your your life's work now? Well, for me, I came to the United States as a dancer in my early twenties. Actually, I was eighteen, and um, while dancing, I got this knee injury that became chronic, and so I had to stop for weeks at a time. So I used to go for acupuncture sessions and chiropractic, and it didn't really resolve it completely. Till one day, a friend of mine who had actually MS, he went to see this lady by the name of Philomena Dooley. And so he was getting a session. And after his session, she said to me, so what's with you? And I said, well, I have this chronic knee project. Problems, we call them projects, Mm -hmm. and we work with them. And she did something with my toes, and I was able to go back to rehearsals the next day. And she taught me how to maintain it myself with some simple holds. And she said, I'm teaching a workshop next week. Why don't you take it? And I took it and I was just blown away. I mean, the whole philosophy made so much sense to me. And coming from Holland and kind of being there on my own, it made me feel connected to something that was bigger than myself. And I think that really has to do with this energy work. And so right there and then I said, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. And um so I actually switched careers at that point. I, was, I healed the knee injury, and so I was able to dance. But at the same time, I started to train with Philomena and mm-hmm. I started to set up a practice very quickly after. And I've been practicing ever since now for almost 30 years. Wow. That's so cool. So uh, how it works, you know, I, I, I perform Reiki on people. And I can either put my hands on them or above them, and I will intend energy through my crown chakra, if you will, and it comes out my hands. It just flows through me. So I'm like the, you know, the plug that goes into the socket, and then I, I am the wire, and then the light bulb goes on. So I'm the conduit of the energy. It's not my energy, and I think it's important to do that. It sounds like Jinshin is, is like that also because you say in the notes, it says we use our hands as jumper cables to harmonize energy flow in the body so it can function optimally. So, and it, and it moves blockages out of the way, similar to Reiki. So talk, talk to us a little bit about that. It does work very similar to Reiki. I think when you get into energy medicine, they all work the same way in effect. Um, I think the technique part is slightly different. Jinshin, jin, the art of Jinshin or Jinshin Jitsu, it's very specific. So when a person comes with a specific project, you can go to the cause of that specific project and treat it 
in which way is most effective for that particular person. I think that is slightly different with Reiki, where it's more of a general treatment. Is that correct? Well, uh, well, the energy with Reiki will go where it needs to go. So you could, you could if I, I'll, I'll do maybe 16 positions on somebody in an hour, like five minutes or so, or maybe it's a little over an hour for, uh, maybe it'll be 12 positions, uh, 12 times five, 60, but whatever, you put hands on the head and the neck and, and the, the, the energy will flow to there, but also it'll flow to where it needs to go in the body. Mm-hmm. So is that, is that the same, or is that, the, or is it more specific yes. in terms of jinshin? It's you know it is the same in in jinshin. Also, the energy will find its way exactly where it needs to be. However, there's a very vast uh, technique to it as well. So first of all, we listen to the pulse in the wrist to find out exactly what's going on with the person. We listen to the twelve organ functions, which are the energy pathways. And then we also, in Jinshin, we listen to a level of energy where it is not the pathway yet. And right. so it is a less, uh, less dense uh, energy. And that's what makes it very specific. But to your point, yes, the energy will find its way. And so whatever you will do when you use the book, The Art of Jinshin, it's very basic and you can help your entire body because as soon as the energy starts to flow the body will heal, mm-hmm. start to heal itself. So uh, uh, similar to Reiki, and, and then we'll, we'll separate out. Uh, we remove blockages so the energy can flow better through the different uh, body's meridians, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's start just for, for the benefit of our listeners and for myself also. Let's start at the beginning. So you take your own pulse well, you, you can or you take uh, a patient's pulse, a client's you pulse. You take a client's pulse. So in this book, actually, because because you study Reiki, mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we, um, because you study Reiki, you know a lot about this. So we started to go in a little bit higher level. Mm-hmm. But sure. for the, the book, The Art of Jinshin, which is very basic, mm-hmm. you don't l- need to listen to the pulse. And um, there are many routines in the book that you can practice just without listening to the pulse and just begin to practice as far as giving a session to somebody else as a practitioner we do Mm -hmm. listen to the pulse in the wrist okay what is what is the what is the pulse listening to the pulse so if somebody one of our listeners wanted to say hey i want to do just a check-in here how do they listen to their pulse and what do they listen for are they are they uh, since they don't know that much, and uh, are they equipped to be able to determine what's what's the story based on feeling their pulse? Yes. So when you place your hand on the different spots in the body, mm-hmm. you will feel a pulsation come up in the different spots, and that is the pulsation is means that the energy begins to spiral all the way to the center, the core of the body, and spirals back out to the surface. So. In effect, from this pulsation, we can also tell a lot. And when you hold it, people always ask me, like, how long do you hold it? So Mm -hmm. you can hold it for a couple of minutes or up to 20 minutes even, or just even for a moment. When you feel this pulsation, the energy begins to spiral. And that's when the the healing begins to occur. All right. Let's, for example, so what I was referring to, and I'm glad you clarified that, was, you know, usually people think the pulse on the wrist but there's pulsations coming from different areas throughout the body. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's correct. So okay. that's a, a different way of listening, although, of course, they all overlap, all mm-hmm. the pulsations. 
And so what happens is as you're holding it and as the pulsation begins to harmonize, you the body will go into rhythm with universal pulse, with universal pulse. And I mean, if this is esoteric, this is where it is a spiritual practice, but mm. as the energy starts to harmonize, it becomes a nice, even pulse. Okay. And as far as the body is concerned, then the energy is flowing correctly down the front and up the back in the right direction and mm. the body can heal itself. And so that's really the, the purpose. Okay. I might have, I, forgive me, I might have gotten ahead of ourselves here, but let's just take a half step back for the benefit of our audience. So Jinshin, what, what are the things that it can help with? I see anxiety, back pain, high blood pressure. What are some of the other things that we can use this practice to help people with? You can help, uh, it helps with uh, insomnia. Well, the big one, like you said, is anxiety, but you will also help to keep up your immune system. So even if you go for, let's say, cancer treatment, radiation and chemotherapy, you will learn how to boost your immune system, balance your blood counts, uh, keep your energy moving so you're not as fatigued. Uh, You mentioned a lot of the symptoms. So these are all symptoms. The point is that when our energies are flowing in harmony, really the body is healthy. And so it's bringing your body back into health, whatever the project is. So if somebody uses, for example, heart medication and you practice a lot of jinjitsu on yourself, then maybe the medicine needs to be adjusted because the body is healthier and um, is, is, uh, is, in better, is in better shape altogether. So sometimes you need to adjust the medicine as you go along or take less people with depression. Once the energy starts to move, move, the depression may go away or diminish a lot. And then you can Mm. adjust medicine. Okay. Um, So you mentioned also the uh, SELs. So for the benefit of our listeners, what is an SEL and why are they important? An SEL is a safety energy location. And there are 26 on the right side of the body and 26 on the left side. And those are like small areas that tend to get congested, about as big as the palm of your hand. And because of our lifestyle, uh, environment, diet, stress, or because of genetic predispositions or older trauma, one or more of these SELs, these safety energy locations, becomes blocked. And that will stop the energy from uh, flowing freely in the body. And so that causes congestion in the energy flow. So by opening these SELs up, mm-hmm. by using that one hold, one simple hold, which I have in the book, or in a sequence of steps, uh, the energy will begin to flow uh, again and the body can heal itself. So we only use these 26 locations. Okay. Uh- you have, uh, there's uh, diagrams and photos of like the hand and on each finger, there's uh, different uh, different uh, organs. You've got skin and the stomach and the spleen and worry on the uh, thumb and uh, muscle, bladder, kidney, fear on the index finger and then uh, the middle finger, blood, gallbladder, liver, anger, and then uh, deep skin, lung, large intestine, sadness on the ring finger and then on the pinky finger, skeletal heart trying to, to and uh, effort, I guess, and then small intestines. So what is the significance of those uh, nomenclatures on your different uh, digits, if you will? 
Yeah, so the easiest way to begin to access healing is first of all by the breath, which is, mm-hmm. as you know, for important for everybody. And the second easiest way is by holding the fingers. And as you went through them, by holding each of the fingers, you harmonize an emotional attitude. And Mary Burmeister, she's the lady that brought uh, Jitsu to the United States from Japan. She said that every dis-ease or disharmony begins with an emotional attitude, mm-hmm. worry, fear, anger, sadness, or trying to. So by holding the fingers, you harmonize those and the palm. And so here you are helping your total body. So this is how we can see how simple it is to begin the practice of the art of Jinshin. Okay. And that's so, just by holding the fingers. So let's start with that because I know as you go through the book, there, there'll be like you use two hands and one's on your, maybe the you know, small of your back and then, then another one's on the outside of the knee. And I, I want to get into how, do, how, you can, uh, how our listeners can actually start doing this, starting with maybe, uh, let's say you're going to hold the thumb. So should you use your right hand holding your left hand? Should it be the dominant hand? Should it be your throwing hand? Which hand holds what? How long do you hold it for? And what are you, what are the, how should you breathe? So that's, like, yeah, you, that's a you, very, very good question. So first of all, I say hold whichever finger is comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. So I like to hold right now my left uh, thumb. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, doing I'm, it, I'm doing the same. Yes, and so you can take three conscious breaths with that. Three. Okay. And what you, I'll talk you through it. So here you're helping to harmonize the emotion of worry as you're taking three deep breaths and your body is starting to calm. You're helping digestion, digestion in the body because this finger helps to stomach and spleen energy. Mm-hmm. And so this also gives you energy. If you're tired, this hold will help. Mm-hmm. And what you will feel, let's move to the next finger because okay. we probably have done three by now. The next finger, the index finger helps okay. harmonize fear and it helps the kidney and bladder energy. The kidney and bladder energy move down the back. So it helps with back pain and um, so many projects come from. I can, I can actually fear. feel it in my back while I'm holding my index finger, which is so weird, but it's true. Yes, so you and you feel your back uh, mm-hmm. relax. It's mm-hmm. also the function is muscle, so it will help muscle tightness as well. Mm-hmm. And so let's move to the next okay. finger because you probably took three breaths by now. The middle finger helps to harmonize anger. And right, we all mm-hmm. know this it's finger, finger right. finger very well. It helps to harmonize the liver and gallbladder energy. And it helps deep fatigue in the body. And so what you will feel for is a pulsation in these fingers. You will feel slight pulse. And when it's nice and even and nice and quiet, and when you practice this more, you will start to feel what's a harmonized pulse. Then you can move on to the next finger. So let's move to the next finger. The ring finger helps to harmonize sadness and grief. And it helps the lung and large intestine energy. And again, take three nice deep breaths and listen for this pulsation. Mm -hmm. So as you're listening for the pulsation, you're actually, your mind is starting to relax. And as you were saying before, like with Reiki, you become the the vessel. We're not the source itself, but we're allowing the light to flow through. Uh, That's what's going to happen. So you don't try too hard. 
So as we move to the little finger, it helps the trying to of life or efforting. Mm-hmm. And it helps the heart and small intestine energy. Now, uh, Alexa, and so if, if somebody, uh, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, just one more. The palm of the okay. hands, okay. it's all inclusive. It helps everything. So when you have deep fatigue in the body, you can hold the palm of your hand. And even the prayer position, you're holding the palm. Or when you shake hands with somebody, you're touching the palms. So you can hold it like this. Or like this, whatever is comfortable. Okay, and when uh, you said like this, because I'm seeing you, uh, it was basically the four uh, fingertips on your palm with Mm -hmm. the thumb wrapped around the back of the thumb, sort of. Yes. Right, yeah. Okay, so if you did this, uh, if we did this like every morning, like when you wake up in the morning, would this be a good practice to do as as quickly as we just did it, which was about a minute or two? Is that, will we get something going by doing that every day? Yes, very good. In uh, Jinshan, we talk about the 36 divine breaths. And that's why I said take if you take three conscious breaths, um, including the palm. So for the fingers and the palm on both, both hands, you have 36. And that will only take a couple of minutes. And you're helping the entire body. And you're helping to harmonize all of your emotional systems. Mm-hmm. And so that's very important. But you can also hold one when you feel stressed during the day. You can just hold one finger that feels good to you at that time because there you're helping to harmonize a lot right. as well. So you, so you hold it. You don't squeeze it. You just kind of hold it and you feel it so you can feel the pulsing a little bit. Is that right? Yes, you're holding it gently so that mm-hmm. you feel the pulsation. And Because if you squeeze too hard, then you won't feel the pulsation. And you kind of stop that process of energy spiraling to core and back right. to surface you want to hold okay. it gently okay let, so yeah go. okay Let's so we did the we did the 10 uh, fingers and uh, and the palm so that would be 36 so that's a great daily practice okay what would be the next step from there in terms of starting to troubleshoot a little bit on yourself yes. so in the back of the book i have 70 symptoms and so there are quick mm-hmm. holds for that right um, do you have any specific questions or do you want me to guide you through a flow pattern? Yeah, let's do a quick flow pattern. Okay. So the one really for daily maintenance that really connects you to source energy, which is so important because it mm-hmm. really aligns us for the day and it helps the entire endocrine system. So you place the right hand on top of your head. Okay. And and for our listeners out there, don't do this if you're driving or working on heavy equipment. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can only use one hand, right? And the left hand between the eyebrows. Okay. And you hold that for a few minutes or again until you feel this pulsation. And you want to do this lying down so you have like a pillow or you lie on your side so your arms are resting. You take a few breaths and then the left hand moves to the tip of the nose. Okay. Got it. And then down the V of the neck. Okay. The V of the neck helps the thyroid and the parathyroid and breathing and voice. Okay. And then the left hand moves to the middle of the sternum, which helps our emotional system and the thymus gland. So it helps the immune system, it helps the lungs, heart, and then the base of the sternum, okay. where you help the adrenals and all the organs that live on the waistline. And then the pubic bone. Mm-hmm. Take a few breaths there. It helps the energy to descend. And then the right hand comes off and goes to the tailbone. So it's like you're sandwiching your body. And if you're lying down, you can use the back of your hand as well. 
And this helps total body circulation. So for now, people who have cold hands and cold feet okay. and things like this, yes. Now, so Alexis, then uh, we did that with the right and the left. So do we switch then and do it the other way? Or is that okay just to do it the one way? Yes. With, like right hand on the head and left hand going down to different uh, energy centers. Yes, because the, uh, the left hand helps to bring the energy down. And this, is, this flow is called the main center source. And okay. there, is, there is only one. So for the safety energy locations, they are on the right side and on the left side. Mm-hmm. But for the main center source, there's only one. And this one, my teacher Philomena says, don't leave home without it. It really sets you up for the day. It gets your whole system going. Okay. And if you do it at night, it will calm the system down. Sometimes people wake up in the middle of the night, and then it's also the first step will help you to fall asleep. It wakes you up in the morning and helps you to fall asleep at night. Okay. So that is putting the right hand kind of like cupped it, cupping it on top of the crown, and then the left hand starting with uh, the forehead, then nose. The tip of the, the nose. Tip the, of the nose. The, the V of the neck. Keep going. The middle of the sternum. Mm-hmm. The base of the sternum. The pubic bone. And then the right hand comes off and goes to the tailbone. Okay. And then how long do you hold each position, you can, Alexis? This flow can take 20 minutes to do. Mm-hmm. But even if you do it in the middle of the night and you do half of it, some people tell me they fall asleep by then. So, oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. And then then yeah. the others, you know, with the fingers, you could just, if you're in a meeting and you're bored or whatever, or you're sitting on the subway, you could be doing work on yourself the entire time, right? Absolutely. And, and this is just the basics. This is, we're just scratching the surface here. This is like position A. You get into the book, there's all different types of positions. It's beautiful photos. You can address very specific uh, symptoms that you may have, so it's really great with great what you're doing. And uh, you. wow, I'm, I got to tell you, I've I've learned a lot. What else? You know, um, I just I, I want to ahead. say that Jinshin is really an innate part of us anyway. If you look around, you see people holding a shoulder or That's holding right. a finger anyway, or a baby sucking their thumb. Mm-hmm. They're ha- helping their body. So we all come into the world with this. This is really bringing back an awareness to what we already know, to an innate wisdom. And it makes it so beautiful and natural as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there were, it, it comes from the ancient traditions. It's, it's also similar to yoga practice, the Reiki practices, Jinchen Jitsu, all these uh, modalities and arts. Uh, you know, the, the thousands of years ago, people were using Fantastic. this already. Okay. Well, listen, it's Guys Guys Radio, your host here, Robert Manny, with Alexis Brink. The name of the book is The Art of the Jinshin. Um, Alexis, tell us where people can find out more about Jinshin, more about you, where they can get the book, where they can take your classes, etc. It's called jinshininstitute.com, J-I-N-S-H-I-N, institute.com. And I'm also very active on Facebook. I have a page where I do a lot of lives and practice circles and we do body readings that you can see. And I offer webinars and um we have a program to become a practitioner. There's already many practitioners um, around. And so we offer webinars. Just go to the website and you can check it out. Fantastic. Well, listen, you've been a great guest. I learned a lot. I think our audience learned a lot also. The can name you? Of the book. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to tell them where they, they can get the book. Yeah, it, please. Either on Amazon or at your local bookstore. Since Simon & Schuster published it, it's in many places. Yep. 
Fantastic. And it's a beautiful book, really. The pictures are great. It's very uh, uh, clear, straightforward to read. And uh, I'm really enjoying this and I want to learn more. So thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio, Alexis Brink, and we'll be in touch. Robert Manny's The Guys Guys Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guys Guys Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Got a great guest for you tonight. James L. Creighton has written a book called Loving Through Your Differences, Building Strong Relationships from Separate Realities. And it's a really cool book. The goal of the book is to help reduce conflicts between couples and especially conflicts based on different perceptions of reality. And I'm just reading from this book. These conflicts are rooted in the simple fact that we each have our own way of perceiving reality. And I think that's something we can all relate to. So I want to bring on our special guest, James L. Creighton, Ph.D. He's the author of Loving Through Your Differences and several other books. He's also worked with couples and conducted communications training for nearly 50 years around the world. Uh, James, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Thanks, Robert. Good to be with you. Uh, really enjoy the book, and it seems like it's such a common sense idea, and that you would think that books like this have been written, have been written in the past, but it's actually very fresh and unique. And the notion that we all live in our separate realities, although we're all connected, is something that we don't really think about, but obviously we experience every day. So why don't we start at the very beginning? What inspired you to write this book? Well, almost all couples fight, and some couples fight rarely, and some couples fight a lot. And my wife and I were uh, kind of on the fight a lot end of the scale. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been together 53 years, so I guess we're going to make it. But uh, we had to work at it. Congratulations. And uh, we found a lot of our fights were about just this thing, which was I was trying to insist that the way she saw reality was wrong, and she was trying to tell me I was wrong. And uh, we, we suddenly realized that each of us had a separate reality. That reality was our experience of life uh, based on everything that we had, training and parents and community and all the rest and so on. And no one else anywhere on the world experiences life just exactly the same way we do. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the same in the political theater now where there's, you know, news and fake news and People who hear our president either feel one way or the other, and it's like, can they even be, be in the same reality? But that's what we're facing. So when you were uh, having at odds with your wife, um, was it verbally or was it like silently? Were you disagreeing? No, we, we fought verbally. And mm -hmm. uh, well, both, both of us are verbal, and uh, we wailed away. And every, everything in the book is something I, I've kind of learned along the way. Is what you have to do to try to to try to survive when you're in relationship with somebody who sees the world very differently. Another thing you mentioned in the book is uh, uh, not playing the blame game. Um, it's the, you know acknowledging that there's differences, and then if there's a difference for a, an important issue, that it's collectively we have a problem instead of you know you have the problem. How, how does that work? Yeah, most of the time when you get it, once you get into a fight. Uh, the problem is the other person. You know, if you would just be different, I would be okay. Right. And so you try to try to straighten them out, kind of thing, and so on. 
Uh, what we're doing instead is trying to find out, I, I need to understand your reality. You need to understand my reality. And then let's see if we can find a, a common reality from which we can make decisions and, and, and problem solve. Now, that's not, not necessarily easy because uh, yeah, most, of, it, most right. of us learn to fight, to fight back, to blame, to right. escalate, so forth and so on. Right. So quite a bit of the book is how to avoid, uh, how to listen, how to send feelings, how to avoid escalation. Mm-hmm. How do you create then that, that safe environment in an organic way where you, uh, you, you're aware that the uh, argument is escalating, the emotions are starting to rise? What can you do to kind of bring it back down? Well, one of the things my wife and I have done is, since we can see the pattern of escalation, you, you can kind of learn to recognize the behaviors that go with escalation. Uh, we, we set rules for uh, what we will and won't do. For example, one of the first things that happens when you escalate is, is blaming and accusing. So if you're on the other person's case, you're already starting up the, the path, path of escalation. Another kind of thing people do to escalate is they expand the issue. It starts off with uh, you left the cap off the toothpaste, and pretty soon it's you're always so messy, and then pretty soon it just is, this is just a sign as to how potless you are. Right, right. And uh, pr- pretty soon you've got the uh, the neighborhood took a vote and that you're a jerk. Right. <laughs> so, so on. So if you can recognize these behaviors, uh, you can put limits on them. So, for example, my wife and I uh, set, set a rule that we uh, do not expand the issue. Now, now, do we? Yeah, sometimes, sure. And what... what when we call each other on it and so on, because we've mutually agreed on it, we will back down and kind of get back down to the toothpaste gap instead of you're always so messy, so mm-hmm. forth. Okay. You also say uh, something interesting, resistance breeds resistance, and so many people have trouble letting, letting go, uh, particularly when they're in uh, communication dialogue where everybody just escalates and they get defensive. Um, Tell us about resistance, breeding resistance, and how we can kind of rectify that. Well, the first part of it is get, getting off of trying to defend the reality and simply define your experience. Go back to the movie. Uh, I come out of the movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. She comes out. She was bored. Now, if we report that, if I say I, I, I got a kick out of it, and she says I was bored to tears, those are both facts. Now, uh, if we get into it was a good movie or it was a horrible movie or so on, uh, we'll, we'll get into the fight. So the first first problem in getting defensive is trying to convince the other person that their experience is wrong. That uh, you know, I, I experienced it as fun, therefore you could not possibly have experienced it as boring. Um, second thing we get into is uh, not listening at all to the other person, simply we listen just long enough to make our case. I, okay. I listen to her and figure out mm-hmm. what to do. Okay. Now, one thing, one thing my wife and I learned to do, first of all, there's, there's, a, there's a skill called active listening, which we strongly recommend. And that's a skill of learning to summarize in your own words what the other person is thinking and feeling and checking it out with them mm-hmm. uh, so that you, you know, so you're really feeling hurt because, well, so forth okay. and so on. Now, 
we still found there were times we were too upset with each other to do that. So we would we, we came up with something called the five-minute rule. And the way that works is uh, either person can invoke the rule. Uh, and once it's invoked, all you can t- discuss is who goes first. And that person gets five minutes to say whatever he or she wants, however they want, without any interruption and preferably without any loud body language. And you just sit there and take it for five minutes in return for which you get five minutes. Now, the reason it works is five minutes is long enough that as nobody is telling you're bad, stupid, or crazy or failing in the way you do for five minutes, okay. you, the, the heat goes out. Uh, by four minutes, I'm boring myself. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. And uh, it may end no more spectacularly than, well, I don't have anything more to say. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, find, do you find James, that when you... Uh at times, you okay, you and your wife, you know about the five-minute rule. So somebody throws the flag. Five minutes. Uh, do you then? Is there an? Uh, have you managed to manage that rule, or do you sometimes get emotional and jump past and like you're pulling that five-minute rule on me? I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? Okay, well, uh, part of it has to do with the, the conditions under which we agreed to the rule. Uh, I found the best time for agreeing on rules about fights and so on is you had a fight fairly recently. It still hurts and you don't want to go there again. Mm-hmm. So you're motivated enough that you're willing, willing to commit. If okay. it's just a casual sit down, hey, this is an idea, let's try this and so on, you probably don't have the emotional buy-in. It has to be, you, you both know that if you don't do it, it gets painful. And uh, so, so we we're pretty good at sticking with five minute rule. Okay, what do you, uh, this is guys guys radio. Your host Robert Manny, special guest James L. Creighton, Ph.D. The name of the book is Loving Through Your Differences, Building Strong Relationships from Separate Realities. Um, when you are dealing with different values in a relationship, different perceptions, you say that the key is to look for the positive good that your partner supports, even when she opposes what you think is important. Could you explain that? That's a very interesting notion. Okay. Well, the most values are intention, uh, intentions uh, stressed with uh, other values. As simple, simple a thing as uh, whether the government should make you wear a seatbelt. Well, there's a value there of safety and public welfare. And then there are also values of personal freedom and uh, proper role of government and so forth and so on. Uh, and those are intention. Now, usually when you get in a fight about uh, values, uh, you, you think she's being too too hard on the kids and uh, you know, you would, you'd like them to be more relaxed and comfortable and so forth, uh, you start saying her values are wrong. Uh, where in fact, some part of you wants your kids to have reasonable discipline and structure and so forth and so on. And some part of her wants your kids uh, to be spontaneous and relaxed and comfortable. Um, So the thing that I'm suggesting is look for what's the positive value that the other person is advocating for. Uh, Is it discipline? Is it public safety? Uh, is it environmental protection? What is it? There's mm-hmm. there's something good that they're trying to, 
to protect. And that's that something is probably a value you have as well. You just don't think it's as important in this situation. Got, got it. Okay, it makes perfect sense. You also talk about uh, the concept of reframing, um, which is, uh, you know, uh, my, my son actually reframes things when I'll tell him, you know, you're... Uh, you have to move your stuff over here because it's getting in the way, and he'll tell me why it's, you know, being it's not really in the way. It's uh, it's there for a particular reason that I should appreciate. Whatever, he's pretty clever that way. But talk to us about um, uh, reframing and how we can learn to uh, master this skill uh, in a positive way, not to be duplicitous or uh, uh, you know try to confuse your the person you're speaking with or manipulate them. But how can we use re- reframing in a positive way? Well, one of, one of the funniest examples of reframing actually is in literature. Uh, Tom Sawyer right. got right. stuck with having to uh, whitewash the fence. And uh, his, his friends came along and their frame was, this was a, a really bad thing to have to do and it was particularly a bad thing on the holiday. And they were so lucky because they didn't have to do it and he did. And in about five minutes, he persuaded them that it was a real privilege for a boy to be able to whitewash a fence. And by the time it was over, he had had them paying him to uh, let let them whitewash the fence. Well, that's that's reframing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more in the manipulative kind. Right, right, right. About. They, uh, but I had a guy in a class who had a regular fight once or twice a year with his wife because he wanted to go hunting with the boys. And uh, when they got back from hunting, she would uh, she asked constantly, "Did you do this? Who did you see? Did did you talk to her? Did you on and on and on and went so forth?" And he was getting to the point that he almost didn't want to go hunting anymore. It was such such a hassle. Um, he worked on reframing and realized that the same behavior could be explained by she's feeling insecure and inadequate. Mm-hmm. I said, one, one, one frame was she's feeling jealous and she's trying to control me but the other frame was she's feeling insecure mm-hmm. and the behavior you engage in when your wife is feeling insecure is different than the behavior you engage in when you think she's controlling you so he began behaving as if the new frame were true and, and lo and behold her, her behavior began to change quite dramatically that in fact uh, the problem was that in the time he was away, she would start feeling, uh, does he love me? Does he care for me? Does he okay. want to be off with boys more than with me? So forth. All, right. so. All right. This is Robert Manny, Guys Guys Radio. Our special guest is James L. Creighton. We're talking about his his uh, book, Loving Through Your Differences, um, Building Strong Relationships from Separate Realities. Uh, just two more questions. One is you talk about uh, self-talk, and a lot of people, you know, we have chatter that it's really hard that monkey chatter it's hard to turn that down and and most of it is is negative and you have some ideas about how we can manage that it's kind of a it's kind of like um, reprogramming our mental software i guess how do we do that okay well that's exactly what it is it is it's uh, software that got put in when we were a kid uh and from adults uh primarily parents support and so on and uh, you know we get you know Oh, you never finish anything. Uh, you're you're really bad when it comes to math. On and on and on and on. We get all these programs telling us 
who we are and what kind of person we are and so forth. And so you can see it when you when, when you make a mistake, you don't just make a mistake. You have a, your your self talk is you know you, you're really stupid. You're always doing this kind of stuff. This this is why you haven't gotten further in life and on and on and on a whole whole big speech to yourself. Got it. Uh, the idea is to find mechanisms for reprogramming. The first step is to catch yourself doing the program. Yeah. Uh, you you watch and look for. I, I'll, I go, uh, James, I'll go, uh, if a negative thought comes in, I'll go like delete or cancel, cancel, and then go back. Uh, because uh, once we, uh, they get, they take root, some of these self-talk negative-isms, and um, they become a problem because the more you allow them to exist, the deeper the roots are going to get, and it's more difficult to reframe. Is that, uh, and to re, yeah, re kind of uh, read revise our software, if you will, fix the patches, if you, if, if you would. Is that uh, true? Cancel, cancel, delete, yeah. delete. Those are, those are good ones. Okay. I also have friends who, uh, who wear a rubber band around their wrist, and when they, find, when they catch themselves doing negative self-talk, they just give themselves a, a slight... A little snap. A little snap. With, <laughs> <laughs> That's a gentle snap. And so right. so, okay. Uh, but then you also need, uh, my experience, to... Uh, Come up with a new program, so you actually yep. you actually sit down and come up with with the replacement software, what you what you'd like to put in, Got it. And, and practice it, saying it to yourself over and over. And and one thing people will do is they, when they get up in the morning, looking in the mirror, brushing their teeth, they they will repeat the the new the new program. They'll mm -hmm. repeat ten times, talking to themselves in the mirror. Got it. Okay. Um, last uh, question. Um, what's your best advice for uh, our listeners uh, who are they're going to get your book? But in the meantime, uh, just to get them started, what's the number one thing that couples can do to be more effective and more empathetic um, listeners as well as communicators uh, to protect their relationships? Okay. Well, let's, let's say you can go back to the movie. If I come out of the movie and what I share is, I really had fun, and what she shares is I was really bored. We're in much better shape than if we having sent feelings instead of having sent judgments. Mm -hmm. uh, the more we send that this was bad, this this was not okay. Uh, you did a crappy job, or I did a crappy job. Well, uh, one of those kinds of things. Those are likely to build. Got it. Well, uh, I okay. felt hurt, felt hurt when you said such and such. Uh, that has a chance of being heard as my reality, not the not a judgment of you. Got it. Okay, James L. Creighton, PhD, did a fantastic job with this book, "Loving Through Your Differences." Where can our listeners find you and the book and learn more about you, etc.? Uh, my suggestion actually is Amazon because they're giving. Giving almost a five dollar discount on the book. Okay, seems All like right. a good deal to me. Okay, and your website? Uh, James L. Creighton, C R E I G H T O N dot com. Fantastic. Well, great job. Thanks for being with Guys Guys Radio, and all the best, and keep doing the good work you're doing. Thanks a lot, bro.
Okay, good show. We've had some interesting interviews. Common theme of healing, two very different guests and uh, practices. One, the art of Jinshin with Alexis Brink, and also James L. Creighton with uh, the book about loving through your differences. So what did we learn here? Um, and overall, well, I think we learned that we have to learn to have, uh, in relationships, we need empathy. Realize that our partner may not see something this exact same way we do. And I think that five-minute rule that James came up with is, uh, can be very helpful. So uh, uh, patience is the word there. And if you really love your partner, you've got to have a little empathy for them. You have to listen and uh, not try to solve all their problems. Just listen to them and uh, try to find some common ground and some put a positive spin on everything, even your differences, because you can always learn something when somebody has a different opinion than you. That means that uh, they might have an insight that you don't have on something, so something to keep in mind. From Alexis, we learned uh, about the Art of Jinshin. You can do a lot of these practices and positions and techniques uh, on your own to yourself, and uh, it's very simple. So I would uh, Google Jinshin, and I would uh, look on YouTube, and I'd also pick up a copy of her book, The Art of Jinshin. As I mentioned, uh, it's similar to Reiki, and I am an, I mean, I'm a Reiki master teacher and advanced clinical master hypnotist, but so it is similar to Jinshin and also uh, has a Japanese roots. So I hope you guys learned a lot. It's KCA Radio's Guys Guys Radio. We're here every Wednesday on KCA in Southern California, 8 p.m. Pacific time. We're usually on also on Sunday at 2 p.m. Also 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. Uh, the podcast then drops every Wednesday after the KCAA show on iHeartRadio.com, Spotify, iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, uh, CastBox, KCAA.com, and my website, RobertManny.com, where you can find everything about me and my books and everything else. So it's RobertManny, M-A-N-N-I.com. The name of the uh, novel that started all the, all of this guys, guys stuff, if you will, is called The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love, about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in New York City's Madison Avenue. And it's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. I also blog there on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, all different topics. I've written over 300 blog posts and some of them have been syndicated. If you want to help out the show, the best way you can do it besides listening is pick up a copy of my novel or rate, review, and subscribe to the show, Guys Guys Radio, on iTunes. That always helps. And uh, thank you, as always, for joining us on KCAA or wherever you're listening to Guys Guys Radio. We're going to be back next week with another show. And until then, like I always like to say, Guys Guys, finish first. <laughs>